Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday, my friends, and a big, fat, juicy welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. And what a sensational podcast we have got for you today. Genuinely, look, there is, I mean, I could be waving anything, but I'm not. I'm waving a piece of paper, which actually isn't the podcast, so forget everything I've just said. Apart from the fact it's a great podcast. No, genuinely it is. We've got Everton's Dominic Calvert-Lewin or DCL. We've got Wolves' captain, Connor Cody, double C, and Lord Alan Sugar, alas. Yeah, LAS. Tyson Fury's on the show as well, but we kick off, of course, with Arsenal sensationally upsetting the form guide as they beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Ha, 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 ha. This was the fallout on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, alongside the former blue striker, Carlton Cole. Big blow for Chelsea's Champions League hopes as they leave themselves with still a little bit of work to do in their pursuit of a top four finish. Chelsea nil. Arsenal won. Maybe I gave also some signals into the team with changes that uh, Saturday is on my mind. And even if it's only 5% or, or 1%, this is not how we approach how we approach things. And you get punished because you cannot be naive in this race for top four. So we suffer now from another defeat. It's uh, hard to swallow, hard to accept, but there's no other way. Kepa was diving to try and get the ball out of his own net. It came back to Aubameyang and he placed the ball for Emil Smith-Rowe to bag. What is a huge goal? He might as well be standing outside the box as well. Look, look, I don't know what was going through his mind, but at the same time, um, Jorginho's got to look up. I think he thinks that he's in the middle of the goal, but the game moves. So Kepa's taken a couple of steps to the left and he's playing on the left side. He's thinking he's just going to drop it to him so he can um, punt it down the pitch. And he, that doesn't happen. It's just problems from there. Arsenal had a lot of numbers there pressing them and Jorginho, a big touch. Or maybe it's well, changing your keeper so much. Maybe Mendy would have been there. You're playing Kepo, who's not used to playing with Jorginho much this season. Why would you rest a goalkeeper? Why is Mendy not playing? I don't really get that. <sighs> I don't know. I think Tuchel's just trying to be a little bit too inclusive. Mm. At this back end of the season, he's just got to get the job done. Make sure that everything's done professionally. We played the cup final and we thought it's a good idea to, to give him the game before because, first of all, we trust him and, and he deserves. Uh, that is the, the basis for that we put him in the in the lineup. So he deserves it. He is so, so close. He's so good in training. And we wanted to give him some minutes and to take the both games together. It was an unlucky night for him as well. It's Arsenal that have done the double over Chelsea. Chelsea 
nil. Arsenal one and Arsenal keep alive their very faint hopes of qualifying for Europe next season. They don't have to show me anything to me because I see them every day. How they prepare, how much they care, how professional they are and, and how much they try. But I think uh, probably from the outside, uh, it was um, a big message. We look at Solskjaer. Everyone was saying the same thing. Oh, he's not good enough. I don't know what's going on. At the same time, the club stayed faithful to him and then made sure that they gave him the time that he needed and he's built something good there now. Now, if they give him another season, why not? Right now, I don't think... I think he's still learning the game, but do Arsenal fans want someone to use them as a one of those learning... Because they're not a learning club, they need no. results. Now, heavyweight champion Tyson Fury has been speaking exclusively to TalkSport 2 for Mental Health Awareness Week. He spoke openly about the problems he faced and the advice he would give someone struggling with mental health. If there's anybody out there suffering right now who don't know what to do or whatever, the best advice I can give anybody is uh, communication with people, to speak to a doctor, your friend, whoever. Whoever you feel like you can communicate with better, speak to that person because as soon as you get help, you can start to get on the road to recovery and get back to being well again. My mistake was I never spoke to anybody about it for a long period of time. I just suffered in silence and almost killed me. Very nearly did kill me, actually. Um, but when I started speaking to doctors and, and seeking medical help, I wish to God I'd have done it 15 years earlier. I wouldn't have had to go through a mental breakdown and all the I went through. But uh, here we are, I'm on the other side of it now and I've learned to, to maintain and manage the problems. And, you know, I'm living life. I've got a good town. I'm in, uh, I'm in America and, you know, life's, life's good at the moment. Tyson Fury has done the remarkable. We battle every day as, as humans and people who suffer in silence and all that. We're on a, a daily battle. But I feel like now I, I've been able to manage my uh, mental health with training and I use training as a medicine. I use a structured routine like regimented lifestyle sort of um, I like to know what I'm doing I like to have certainty in my life uh, and when I've not got certainty in my life everything seems to go able I mean my mind starts wondering and, and I, I go very unwell again so I like to keep myself um, focused on things and short term goals and that's how I maintain my battle with mental health now ahead of their match against Aston Villa tonight, live on TalkSport 2, Jim White chatted exclusively with Everton striker Dominic Calvert-Lewin. With England boss Gareth Southgate just weeks away from naming his squad for the Euros, Calvert-Lewin said he just has to keep scoring to make sure his name is getting mentioned. Apart from when you're coming on to TalkSport, they'll be just mentioning your name all the time, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So here is Dominic Calvert-Lewin talking on TalkSport 2 to Jim White, who caught up with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Incidentally, a big thanks to Dominic Calvert-Lewin for doing this interview. Anyway, I must stop talking. Time to hear Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Welcome to the big time, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. What a week. A first England goal and Europe's most prolific goal scorer now has a goal in a Merseyside derby. Just got to keep scoring. I think that was my, my goal from the last camp was if I continue to score, then I would give myself the best chance of being called up. For me, I have the view that you've, you've never done enough until the, the squad is announced and you're in there. So I'm still working now like I was working the first day of the season to, to make sure I maintain a level 
of playing and, and keep scoring to be in the squad. I love it that Carlo Ancelotti's at your club. You're too young to remember when he played for Milan with Hulett and Van Basten, Rijkaard. I loved watching him, Dom. What a player, but also what a manager. How much of an influence is he on you? I think he's been a massive influence. I think for someone of his experience and, and what he's done in the game and the, the players he's worked with and played with, for him to come in and, and kind of put his belief in me, I'd just come into a good good vein of form anyway, um, was, was all that was needed really. And I think, I feel like in the past, I'd, I'd been guilty of running here, there and everywhere and trying to do my bit for the team, but I wasn't selfish enough in, in taking care of my job and that's to score goals. And the first thing he kind of said to me was just stay down the middle of the net, focus on being in the box. And that's what I've done ever since. And this is what DCL, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, had to say about having the Everton legend and football hardman, Big Duncan Ferguson, as a mentor. I say this all the time. A lot of people have got Big Dunk all wrong. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a big softy, he's, he's calm, yeah. he, he's cool. And for me, he's, he's been the perfect mentor and role model in what he achieved in the game and for Everton. For me, coming in as a young player, he's just given me that confidence and always been kind of someone to speak to and, and get his opinion on how I think I'm doing and that's all I could have ever asked for really and then that's not to mention you know the work that he's putting with me on the pitch fine-tune my craft and, and, and improve my game and on to another England hopeful this is the Wolves skipper Connor Cody who's desperate to be a part of Gareth Southgate's squad this summer as well I'll be honest with you I'm hoping and praying that that does happen in the summer listen it's that'll be incredible that's something that I really want to happen. Listen, he, the manager there's got such a tough choice in, in, in terms of what he's going to do. But hopefully something like that happens in the summer and, and, and we can go and do that. So in terms of that coming around, it's, it's brilliant. It, it's so refreshing when you go there. Listen, the people there are fantastic. It's it's a different football to club football. International football is different. So it's fantastic when I go. So it's it's something that hopefully things work out and, and, and I might be able to go, but we'll take that when it comes really. Connor Cody can't go. I've watched him a lot this season and one-on-one -on -one he struggles against any pace he struggles and he's been found out when he's if played as a two especially as a two um, two centre-half he's been found out and I think there's a lot more better centre-halves available than Conor Cody Now following the news that Spurs will appoint a supporter to be their manager that oh no that's not that can't be right although that didn't surprise me oh no to their board as a non-executive member, was what I was meant to say, after the fallout from the European Super League. White and Jordan were joined by the former Spurs owner, Lord Alan Sugar. He rubbished the idea of needing fans on the board of a football club in no uncertain terms. Well, you're fired. Ridiculous! That is totally ridiculous to have fans on the board. Absolutely, totally ridiculous. At Tottenham, now we've got a new stadium with a 60,000 capacity. We'd have, we've got 60,000 managers. You do realise that, don't you? They all know best. They know better than anybody else. You don't want them anywhere near the board. The board has got to be controlled by the owners and at best has got to have some director of football that has actually been in football, that understands football. Daniel Levy, in the last few moments, has said, we regret the anxiety and upset caused by the European Super League proposal. We felt it was important that our club participated in the development of a possible new structure. I'm delighted that all of the clubs pulled back. Mm. I think that Tottenham, my club, uh, I think what they did they said, oh, hold on a minute, uh, include us, please. Uh, we're a big club. Yeah, we want to come in. So don't just leave it as Manchester, Liverpool, 
Chelsea and Arsenal, we want to come in also. And I spoke to Daniel Levy and said to him, Daniel, you know, this is not a good idea. I think you have an opportunity here of being magnanimous and pulling out and saying, look, the fans, the fans don't want it, so we're going to come out. It is an absolute total joke, an example of the Americans trying to take over our game. So, Lodger, you spoke to Daniel Levy and, and urged him, listen, think again, come out of this. I say spoke to him. I mean, all I did was send him a WhatsApp, really. I mean, we communicate quite a lot with each other on certain things. But I, I said to him that the fans are more important. And here's the point. What needs to happen in our game in England is we've got enough money at the moment. There's, there's, there's enough money being thrown at the league uh, by the various TV companies, overseas rights, UK rights. You've got Amazon, you've got BT, you've got Sky, you've got the overseas stuff, you've got the BBC paying for match of the day. And quite frankly, what they need to do is to come up with some solution of how to tailor what they pay for transfers and what they pay for wages. I know it's an old, old story, but what can you do? Now on to a bit of Man City with rock and roll superstar that is Noel Gallagher. He was on The Breakfast Show talking Phil Foden as well as lavishing praise on defender Ruben Diaz. When Man City have a great centre-half pairing, we usually do well. And he was he was much needed. He came in like the cavalry. And uh, I actually can't believe how, how good he is at 23. If he yeah. stays at City for most of his career, I mean, God help everybody. Because he's, I mean, the game against PSG, I couldn't, but it's one of the best defensive performances that I've ever seen. Mel Foden scores the goal that takes Manchester City through to the Champions League semi-finals. We've received two things this season. Guardiola's given us another championship, but what he's also given us is Phil Foden, finally, has come of age. And that guy, when he, his game against Liverpool, when he scored the goal, the smile on his face spoke for every single City fan all over the world. It was just like, you know, the kid is just dynamite. He's younger than my daughter. Right? I'm saying to her, <laughs> what have you done? The worst thing would have been him going to, out on loan and being taken out of that environment. The thing about Foden is, what's his best position? I haven't got a clue where he plays half the time. He's just yeah. all over the place and you know he's got a goal in him when he gets into his stride he's elegant and he's just got unbelievable balance it's what that academy was set up for and Trevor Sinclair the former Man City player of course reiterated that Man United should be docked six points for fielding a disrespectful team in their defeat to Leicester I think when you look at Manchester United and what went on last night for me I think it spits in the face of uh, the Premier League. We'll hear from Simon Jordan and Adrian Durham shortly. But first, this is Super Ali McCoy, who said it was outrageous to suggest docking points for Solskjaer rotating his players. And he's right, of course he is. All I go on to Solskjaer picks a side. He doesn't pick a side thinking about, oh, West Ham need a couple of points here. That's not his problem. His problem is to look after Manchester United. Now they've got the, the unprecedented scenario where they've got four games in a, a week because of the scenario that happened with certain fans. Self-inflicted scenario. Well, I don't disagree with you, but by the same token, you can't legislate, Trevor, not you, not me, and not MI5, for a bunch of 200 idiot fans that want to break into a stadium. If you're, if you're expecting... Controller, controllable, hold, Simon. Hold on, Trevor. If you're expecting fans to behave in the same way that Arsenal and Chelsea fans did... Right, then you might adopt the same processes that Arsenal and Chelsea did to to, to enhance 
the opportunity for fans to protest. You, at times, you can't legislate for an element of fans that want to behave in a certain way. Manchester City played a weakened side against Chelsea. Now, you might say, oh, weakened side, it's full of internationals. But the fact of the matter is, it's not the best side that Pep Guardiola had available to him. So it's the same principle. You can't compare the United selection last night and the changes that City made on Saturday. And here's why. City's team was full of experienced pros. Nobody making their debut. All first-teamers from the specific Premier League first-team squad. Now, United picked two players, not from their first-team squad, but from their academy, which isn't breaking the rules, but it is evidence of a weakened side which compromises the integrity of the competition, the integrity of a top-four race. So those talking about squad rotation, they haven't checked who's in the actual Premier League squads, and that is really important. United's team was, in my opinion, uncompetitive. So that's the big, big difference. And ahead of Liverpool's rearranged class with Manchester United tonight, the Liverpool boss has said he has no security concerns over the game at Old Trafford. But first, the Klopster admitted that he was not upset with Solskjaer for making so many changes against Leicester. To play Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday is a crime. It is. And if, but it's not the, the fault of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and, and the players. So if I, my question was to myself, would I have done the same? Yes, you have to. You have to. There's people that are climbing into the stands. They're on the pitch. This is a yeah. serious breach of security. Nothing is in our hand in, in this perspective. So, um, but we trust the authorities. Obviously, um, we were not in, in in danger last time when we were uh, at Manchester. That was not about that. The supporters protested against some. Uh, other stuff and I have no idea um, what will happen tomorrow night but um, I'm not concerned at the moment. Well, that's it for another podcasty thing. Let me remind you, you can hear live and exclusive on TalkSport 2 tonight from 6pm, Aston Villa against Everton. And then I will be back, of course, taking your calls from 10pm alongside the fun boy, reacting to a busy night of football that includes Manchester United beating Liverpool by three goals to one. Oh, he's gone and said it. There will, of course, be another one. These Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcast out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.